Hello everybody, welcome to Mumming and Thriving Podcast. For the month of November, we'll be interviewing boss moms. These are moms who are absolutely killing it in the workplace. Our goal for this series is to inspire people who want to get back into work, moms who want to have better finances, and those who want to achieve more in their careers. We all know women face discrimination in the workplace, especially when they take time out to have kids. This series will explore how we can navigate through those setbacks and push forward successfully. Our guests will share their stories in a truthful and unfiltered way with the aim to create awareness and inspiration. I'm your host, Florina Akani. Welcome to today's podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Mumming and Thriving. Today, we've got the amazing Jade here with us. She's another boss mom. I'm so glad to introduce her to you guys. I've known Jade for about 15 years, even though it's been about 12 years since we last saw physically. But it's amazing what she's doing, and I'm going to tell you some of the amazing things she's doing. She is the co-founder and COO of an amazing VC-backed brand called Uncover. Uncover is revolutionizing women's self-care on the African continent. She has a background in, as a nutritionist and a consumer goods expert. She is a firm believer in holistic self-care. She has over a decade experience building global and local brands, FNCG, like Nestle, Unilever, as well as e-commerce players like Kasha and Jumia. She has an MBA from Imperial College London. And to crown all this, a support system that keeps her going is her amazing husband and two wonderful boys, ages seven and five. She loves sleeping, <laughs> good friends, dancing, acrobat, of course, and tennis. Thank you so much for joining us today on Moming and Thriving. Danny, tell us a bit more about yourself. Thank you, Tony. To be honest, I think you've said it all. I, you know, currently a co-founder of a really, really great startup called Uncover. And at Uncover, we really want to revolutionize women's health and wellness on the African continent. We are so focused on making sure that women on this continent are able to take time out, self-care, and find the information and the products that they require to be able to self-care, right? And so that's what we're doing at Uncover or what we are building at Uncover, where we make sure that, you know, everything we do is with you in mind, with women on the continent. So it's a very exciting journey that I'm on, obviously bringing together my past experiences, you know, in FMCG building brands. And as a nutritionist, it really comes into play with building this amazing brand. And I have some wonderful boys, like you said seven and five. I mean, I woke up this morning and I saw these guys, they're, they're growing like by the second every day. And I always look at them and I'm just like, I was holding you like you were this small just the other day. How did you get here? And he comes back from school, says some really crazy things. And I'm just like, wow, like, you know, how, how did we get here today? He's now, my seven-year-old now is on my shoulder height-wise and I am five wow. foot ten. And he's seven okay. and he's now older. So that, that's, that's a problem. <laughs> Looking for clothes <laughs> is going to be a problem. But no, I guess that's me. Like you said, I love dancing. I started doing dance classes a while ago, which I haven't been to, I will be honest, in about two months because work has been intense, but I need to get back. I need to get back to doing things that I love. 
100%. It's doing the things that we love that keeps us going, like the world, the energy, you know. And oh, and I'm shocked you say your son is that tall. You might have to start showing at the men's section very soon. Oh, gosh, his shoes. So I was recently in the UK about three weeks ago. I had to get him, like, I bought him shoes justify travel for PE in school. And like two weeks after I had to travel and he was like, oh, the shoes outside. I'm like, you can't be serious. I just got the shoes. Anyway, so I go into a store and I go to the kids section looking for size 38. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. That's now men's. And I'm like, I'm not buying him shoes for men's section size 38. Oh my God. Thank you so much for being here. Honestly, and the joy you radiate already, just talking about the company you started within your background in nutrition. We're very curious to find out more about it. But in the meantime, let's go back a bit. Can you tell us a bit about your childhood? How were you as a child? What were your personality traits like? And did you see that filter through to how you are as an adult now? To be honest, I don't know that I can really remember. I guess I know what my mom tells me, like when I was really young, probably about three, five, she's like, you had a mouth on you. You were no respecter of person. She was always telling me that. I just used to say anything without, I had no filter. I was not diplomatic in any way. Like I just used to say anything to anybody and anyone. So I had a big mouth on me. I don't remember that, but she never fails to remind me. When I think about being a boss, like I have a younger brother, like right? He's 13 months younger than me. So it's not like, it's like a gap. We're just 30 months apart. But I really tried to put my seniority, <laughs> which he completely refused. I've got five siblings. So I really tried to like everything I got from my older siblings. I tried to, you know, push myself. Like I'm the older sister, I'm 13 months. And that respect went out the window. The guy didn't even care. <laughs> it was just like, we're all like, we're best of friends. But we used to fight so much. And, you know, I guess at that time, my leadership qualities are like, what's going on here? This guy just refused <laughs> to respect any command that I gave him. But I guess it also really depends on what are bus traits. I'm not sure. When I was in secondary school, I know that I used to, I used to organize parties. I had a group of friends. I used to organize parties in secondary school, most of which I was not allowed to go. I wouldn't lie. So we would organize parties. I hope my parents don't see this, but I have to lie to my parents and say, it's somebody's birthday. <laughs> it's someone's birthday or you end up wearing, I don't know if most of us did that, but you end up wearing like your so-called babs, like your really cool clothes. Oh, yeah, babs. And then you put some big, you know, gown on top so that they think you're just going out to your neighbor's house. But then you've gone for your party and it was all those, you know, all boys out and guys had to pay to come into the party. So at that point, obviously, we're making our money to get guys <laughs> to get guys coming into the parties right but it was interesting I guess in those days for me uh, I've always tried to figure out how to be independent and how to fend for myself and how to make money I went off to the UK when I was about from Nigeria when I was about 16 and so I got into uni at the age of 17 and at that point you know I started working right from my first year of university I was pulling like eight hour shifts a day over the weekends on like Oxford Street. I used to work at New Look. And just before even I had pocket money coming, but without having to just wait for pocket money, it was like, you know, making my own money and finding ways to make that happen. So I guess in, in a way that this is some of the things I remember. <laughs> uh, being independent, making my own money and just trying to be, I guess, enforce leadership. I didn't really start out well. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I have it all written here. The confidence. He said your mom said he spoke your mind. He went and paid his document. That was confidence right there. Organizing parties. Oh, that's good organization skills. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <what's this? laughs> well, there were definitely some boss traits there, even as a child, even if you didn't realize it, or it's part of it. So I was gonna ask a question about the current career you're in, but then you started your your own company, your co-founder. Can you tell us a little bit about that journey and moving from working for someone and starting your own business? How was that transition? I think it was very interesting. So I, I think for some reason, I've always known that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I grew up in a household of entrepreneurs. My mom, what they would call now as a serial entrepreneur, she started something and she always, she would start with the bakery, she would start with the salon, she would have a shop. She always just used to move from one thing to another. Well, I would call her a serial entrepreneur, but my dad as well, you know, he started his own company. He moved out of corporate 40 years ago. And for the past 40 years, obviously, he has been leading his own company. So I sort of grew up in that environment. And I knew I really wanted to, you know, at some point felt, I think when I was growing up, it felt like having your own company was like, you're the boss of the company. You can wake up when you want and you can sleep and you can do things on your own terms, right? But obviously, at the beginning, that's really, not, in fact, it's worse. If you get any sleep, you thank God. So I was working with Unilever for about seven, eight years. I wanted to go off to do, like, I just felt I always wanted to, you know, build my academic background to having an MBA. So I went off to do an MBA. And while I was doing an MBA, I just got, there was this exposure to startup and tech and ecosystem. And I guess, you know, there was just that whole excitement around VCs and, and all of that. And so I got really exposed to that. And I found that, you know, it was something I would love to do. So I, when I completed my MBA, I decided to transition First, to work for a startup, right? Understand a little bit more about, you know, just the startup ecosystem is so different from the corporate world. I joined Jumia at the time where I was leading marketing. And then, you know, from there, I guess, you know, met my co-founders. From there, I moved to another startup. This was a much earlier startup called Kasha in Kenya. Again, leading sales and marketing at that company before, you know, the opportunity for Uncovered then came up and I met my co-founders and here we are today. So that's sort of the journey that has led me to co-founding Uncover. Well, one thing you said that really ties what I've been going on about in this podcast is exposure and environment. So you said when you went to Imperial, you, you had the exposure, you, you met people that were obviously thinking about businesses and startups. It just... I find that sometimes as women, if we're not in that right environment, it doesn't, it's easier for us to make that transition when you can see someone that, for example, your parents, your parents are entrepreneurs. So you had that image in your mind. You had that North Star, like someone to aspire to. And then going to Imperial as well, just kind of reinforced that feeling. So with the last podcast we had, she emphasized that that was when she made the transition, when she actually went to Colombia. And then she was exposed to people doing the things she wanted to do. She had the confidence to say, okay, fine, I can try this. So would you say yes. that that's the thing, actually, in terms of starting being a CEO or being a, an entrepreneur? Would you say that helps? It definitely propelled me forward to just make that jump. It was scary, you know, just 
being scared of the unknown. I've been in the corporate world for, I think, since 2007, since I left university. So it's been a long time to feel that you're comfortable. I can, if I sleep and wake up, I understand how to play the politics and, you know, the games and the promotions and who you need to speak to and having a sponsor, like all those things in the corporate world. Like I had been there for so long, almost 10 years, starting from Nestle, you know, to then Unilever. So leaving all that behind, it was a big jump. It, it's a scary thought for anyone to then go to the unknown of what happens if the startup bust or, you know, what is this tech ecosystem? I've never been, you know, with startups, startups are a lot leaner. You're in a corporate organization where you have like in a team, they're like 50, 100, or just a lot of people doing different things. But then startups, you're literally rolling your sleeves up and getting the work done, right? But at the same time, very rewarding. So I think for me, doing that MBA really just, you know, propelled me and gave me that strength of just seeing a lot more people within the same space, doing it, sharing their experiences, going through entrepreneurship modules to really give you that, you know, I guess the foundation that you need. And I think that really boosts my, my drives to just, you know, jump into the unknown. And I'm really happy that I did. Yeah, the fear of the unknown, that is one fear that a lot of people battle with, even if it's not even starting a company. You know, moving to a new country, for example, or Absolutely. even the confidence to walk into new friendships sometimes. It could be something that could seem like trivial, but that fear of the unknown coming out of the comfort zone. It's the thing. Mm, and it is, it is a real thing. I think it's something I've started telling myself, like, Honestly, if you don't do it, nothing happens. Even with the startup, like my co-founders and I are like, this is amazing. It's a lot of work, but we're also, let's remember to have fun. And if it doesn't pan out, it's fine. We've learned so much on how to build a company, you know, from scratch. That it's now, if you don't do it, you just never know. So the fear of the unknown, it might work out, it might not work out. It depends on the perspective and how you see what does not working out mean, right? So whether it's a new friendship or it's a new country, but you did it and you jumped over the hurdle. And you are able to push yourself to do it. And I'm sure you learned one or two in the process. So it's not taking a step back. It's definitely taking you forward. And no matter the outcome, you know, you figure out what to do next. But that's sort of what I'm, you know, pushing myself going forward. So you basically just redefined the definition of what success is. What do we call successful? And because we fear failure, then we don't ever start because we're thinking, oh, you know, if you're working in the corporate world, you have so many things to fall back into. You said there's a team of 100 people, you know, but it kind of just fits yes. in. You don't have to push yourself. But then when you're starting exactly. your own company, if you don't redefine or define what your definition of failure is, it can actually trip you up. Well, I love what you said. It's like you're doing something, you're putting your, you're kind of pulling up your gloves, you're working hard at it. But then you're also defining what success is, like, what Absolutely. we kind of listen into the definition of success is probably not what it is because you're learning so many things along the way. Exactly. Exactly. Like when you learn, everything is all about what you learn, right? It's, it's not really yeah. about the end goal. It's the journey is the most important thing. So when we start to, like you said, we start to look at success with that lens, it changes the perspective completely. Well, thanks for sharing that. So what are some of the things you've learned even in the the time you start with your company in terms of life lessons that you would say can be helpful to other moms, what have you learned so far from your journey? I think one thing we always say, 
progress over perfection <laughs> is one mm-hmm. is one key thing. A lot of times, whether as moms or we're not moms or we're stay-at-home moms or we're working, whatever it is, we have so many ideas, but we just want to make it perfect. We want to make it right. We don't want to push it to the world until something is perfect. And I think for me, I've really learned that that in the past two years. So really just what you have, just put it out there and you can always continue to refine. You learn, you refine as you go, but you continue to progress. And so when you have any thoughts, whether it's with your kids, whether it's with work, I always just say, just start and start making progress, right? Make progress towards it. It's really like, what is perfection in the grand scheme of things? So it's like, instead of waiting for something to be perfect, you know, if I think about examples at work, we're always coming up with different ideas, whether it's tech-enabled services or, and sometimes you just sit on it and say like, no, we need the developer to come and do this and we need someone like it just needs to, we had one of our investors and she was like you guys have been sitting on this for too long just put it out there we pushed it out there my god and the first week we had over five thousand women you know use this platform and we're like oh my god and we've been sitting on this thing thinking it was not good enough but obviously we've been refining it as we go right so i think for me it's just that progress of our perfection is so important so i've written that down and posted progress over perfection that is it's so sleek and it's so effective. It feels effective. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Let's go to motherhood. The word motherhood. How has that been for you? What's your experience so far? Highs and low. Tell us. We want to hear everything. Motherhood is the most rewarding experience in my entire existence, to be honest. But it's also very scary and it comes with lots of tears. And I think for me, so when I remember, I guess when I think about how motherhood and when I say, you know, it's, it's the most rewarding experience, but it also comes with tears because sometimes it's like balancing your career with, you know, with being a mother. And I remember a very good example at some point in my career where, you know, I was working in an organization that was amazing before I had kids. I had traveled around. I was working in Asia. I was working in different parts of South Africa, of Africa. And it was really rewarding. And then I had, I started having kids and there was a role that I really wanted. I really, God, I wanted that role so much. I hadn't discussed it with my husband. I didn't know what was going to happen with family. I was like, well, we get there. We'll cross the bridge. I just know that even if I don't take it, just the, there was that validation of just knowing that you, you got this role. And I remember going for the interview. It was a virtual interview. It was my boss's, my boss's boss's boss. It was like that high. And we got on a call and it was this Indian man. I feel like Indians and Nigerians, like we're very like older people, they're very traditional in their thinking, mm-hmm. to be honest, we're very much alike in terms of culture. So I got on this Zoom call and we were having, and you know, all the technicalities, the questions, everything was going well. And we're talking about family. And in the end, this guy told me, Jada, you've got young kids. I don't think you should take this role. And I will not be happy giving you this role if I know that I'm the one that caused you to be away from your family. And I left there with tears because I was so angry. You know, sometimes when you're boiling and you even start crying. <laughs> so they say we're so yeah. emotional. But I was so emotional because I was like, but I'm perfect for this role. Like I could do this role. Like this is what I want for my career. And then you sit there and tell me the reason why you can't give me is because I have young kids and you don't want to separate me from my kids. And if your husband will not move to this other country, 
then I, but you don't even know what I'm discussing. Or, yes, I'm not discussing at the time, but still, for me, that was like a huge turning point. It was so painful to just felt like, oh my God. And so someone else, some guy without a family, obviously they got the job, but the, it just sort of shows you the, the kind of experiences that we get. I've had lows of being an entrepreneur or a co-founder of a startup. Also, just knowing that I travel a lot. We're launching in new countries. We've been in Kenya for two years, but in Uganda, and we're trying to launch in Nigeria very soon. So there's a lot of trips that's been happening, right? And I remember the other day, I traveled very recently for about two, three weeks, came back home, and my kids are like, Mom, you're not traveling again for a long time. And so I was in a call with one of my co-founders, completely forgot my kids were there, and we're discussing my next trip. And I got off the phone and I saw my, my kids, like their eyes were red. They were, you know, not the kind of crying that you're like, not puffing, but they were just like, the tears are just uncontrollable. And I was like, oh, wait, what's going on? Mommy, you're leaving us again and you're traveling. And I was like, oh my God. Like, it just makes you feel like, I like the tears and they just couldn't understand why I had to leave them. And you know, obviously <laughs> you have to promise them some, some things around, oh no, don't worry, we'll have an amazing Christmas and all of that. So you know, times like that, it's really, it's really sad. I even tried to see how can I take them with me on my work trip, but it means I'll have to take them out of school like three weeks early. And that just didn't make sense at that point. But they're really exciting highs because they understand what mommy is doing. They get super excited. They see it on cover on YouTube while they're watching YouTube and an ad comes up or they see mommy's face. They're like, oh, my mommy's a celebrity, which obviously I'm not. But they <laughs> yeah. get super excited. I'm just saying... My mommy, this is my mom's brand. So I guess the, the lows for me is when I see my kids really impacted or affected by my career, the travels, because I do tend to travel a lot. My husband also travels a lot for work. That was just really sad because when they say, oh, mom, you're traveling again, and they were just crying uncontrollably. Those are big lows for me, right? So I just realized, oh my God, why do I have to leave these kids? Then, you know, that for me just makes me, hopefully they see that, you know, for them, they see it's empowering for them to see their mom do something really exciting and it's something that they hope to do, whatever they decide to do as they grow up, but that is the work ethics, the family ethics, and all of that as they grow up. Well, thanks for sharing that because that is so true. We're constantly torn. I remember when I was picking time out to write my book, the Saturday morning is normally like spending with the kids and do like family things, you know, but for me, Saturday mornings had to be like three hours, lock yourself in a room somewhere. Yeah. Um, I, I thought there was this guilt saying, constantly feeling like, oh, maybe I'm, you know, because you work full time, then Saturday is where you're working. Like, but then when the book was out and my son held it a few days ago, um, this is the book that I just learned, Bark in the Brain. And he, the first thing he said was, I want to do this. Mommy, oh, this is so nice. I want to no, do this. No, no, no. So it, go, it goes back to what you said. It's like, they're also seeing the work ethic. They're seeing that, okay, when you want something, you actually have to sacrifice and go at Absolutely. it. Even though sometimes we feel guilty as mom, I think there's also a learning point there for the kids because they're seeing that, Absolutely. you know, mommy and daddy are working to give us this comfortable life or to work to chase their dreams or their aspirations. Massive congratulations on your books. That's amazing. Well done. Well done. Can't wait to get my hands on it, the boys. I can't imagine what it, you know, how long it took and what it takes putting a book and all that together. And kids need it. Kids need this book. And, you know, it's also all about presentation. I saw the cover of the book. It's amazing. Well done. Well done. Thank you. So what you said leads on to our, my next question, Valentin. 
So how do you balance mm-hmm. this? I mean, what do you do to balance things up? I mean, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. But I don't know that you can really balance, to be honest. I think there will be times where it has to be focused on work and there will be times where it has to be focused on family. But I really don't know how to... You know, a lot of times we hear of this work-life balance. I don't know. I've tried. I don't know how to. But I think you just be intentional about certain things and certain times. So I remember I once had a job where I got a new job and I realized I wasn't seeing my kids until the weekends. I had to leave the house very early in the morning before they wake up. By the time I get home, they are fast asleep, Monday to Friday. So it wasn't until weekends before I would see, I, well, I was in that job for four months and I just resigned. I was like, nah, <laughs> this, I'm sorry, is not for me. I can't, like, I have to cut like boundaries. I need to be able to spend time with my family. So things like that for me is where I've just been intentional about that. I think for me also, it's obviously I talked about times if the kids are on holiday, then we do bring your kids to work day. We put them in one of the meeting rooms where it has a spin. We put on Netflix, we order pizzas and they're fine. They mix with the other kids from my team and, you know, when it's time to go home, we go home. So we find things like that. I think for me, it's also very intentional in terms of my calendar. It's so 5 to 7 is blocked. 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. is blocked. Even though, like, we have teams, like I have a team in Korea or in the U.S. And, but just trying to find, like, you know, 5 to 7 don't call me <laughs> if I had say that. Obviously, there are times like, you know, some calls have to be made, but it's also knowing that five to seven is homework time, dinner time, prayer time is power bedtime, right? So it's maybe really trying to give that time to the kids and then work continue after they've gone to bed for them out. So I guess for me, it's really being intentional. Recently, my seven-year-old, and they keep doing this homework free. Like, is the homework for the kids? <laughs> I can't. <laughs> So he's they're currently in Egyptian Egyptian, you know, learning in school. And so mm. he has to build an old Egyptian house and also make the pyramid from scratch. In fairness, they had two months to do it, but in true Bismami fashion, we did it in the last week <laughs> of you know, of returning to school. But having to sit down with him and you know, cutting up cardboard. And trying to make, like, we literally had to make a proper house out of cardboards and then build out three pyramids, spray paint it to look like sand color. Like, all of that stuff is just like, but you have to find the time. Unfortunately, I did it in the very last, but we still made the deadline. Yeah, so having to do things like that, I think I'm also very intentional. Sometimes I try to do school drop-off and pick-ups, like, twice a week. I mean, I'm really blessed with the support system that I have. Obviously, you know, my husband is also very busy at work, but we try to balance it out. You know, thank God for nannies and drivers. So most times, you know, driver and nanny takes them to school, picks them up. But, you know, a lot of times where we can, we do try to do pickups and drop-ups. And they really love it when they know mommy or daddy is coming to pick them up from school. But obviously things that are non-negotiable for us, at least one person must be there if there's any events in school or kids that has a football match or... Uh, it's sports day or it's parents, teacher meetings, you know, all those kind of things. You definitely know it's important. Everything else, I think they'll be fine. <laughs> so I guess for me, it's like you can't be there every day. And I've moved away from feeling guilty. At the beginning, there was a lot of guilt. Now I'm like, honestly, I'm one person. And the two things I'm trying to do are also amazing. So when we can, you know, things move around. What, what you've just highlighted is just 
the mom guilt is there sometimes, but it's just having to come to terms with you can't do everything. As a mom, you can't do everything. You can't be there in all the places at the same time. And it's just coming to that realization and just being okay with that and okay with fine for you to have a driver in the space to be able to do that or you have a nanny or help or cook or whatever it takes. Sometimes it can even be getting someone. I'm thinking about people in the UK now that may not necessarily have that opportunity, but it's just coming to get someone in to clean or just anyone that can kind of help and ease the workload. Because some moms are burnt out because they're doing everything. They're burnt out and it's tough. It's tough doing managing everything. It is. It is not easy. I can even hear that still feels like you have a bit of help. Sometimes you're still exhausted. It's still tiring. So I can't even imagine moms like, you know, the real MVAs that are, you know, doing everything. It's not easy. But I think women, we are strong. <laughs> we are strong, you know, and what do we do? We keep pushing and just make the most of any support system. Like it's family, like when people offer help. Take it, <laughs> you know, whether it's family, siblings, parents, like, you know, when they offer help, we should really just take it. It's important. And take time out for ourselves. Even in the middle of all this of work and taking care of husband and taking care of kids and you put yourself last. It's like self-care is so important. Remember, you know, to take care of yourself, whatever that looks like. Just make sure you're taking care of it. You're finding time out for yourself. Because if you're burnt out, then, you know, you can't really have enough to to take care of everything else. Now, talking about self-care, now that you've mentioned that and saying that your brand is more about holistic health, can you give us some advice? What would you advise mom? And just as you said, we tend to put ourselves not. We know we cater to everyone's needs except ours. What advice would you give and what would you say? Your own journey of self-care, what was that like for you? It's a very good question. So I think for me, you know, self-care can take very different many shapes, right? It can be as simple as just going to bed earlier. <laughs> when you think about it like such a big thing of self-care, then it makes you feel like, oh, when am I ever going to have time to do that? Or when is that ever going to happen? Or, you know, I just don't have funds to be doing all that. I have kids. And so sometimes, you know, really just taking a step back and saying self-care, not going to bed at nine o'clock, go to bed early. Once the kids are in bed. Like, you know, trying to finish up a few things, but try. I know at that time it feels like, oh, but this is me time. My me time means Netflix. <laughs> Your body is going to be so tired that me time should actually be sleep. Like, you know, get some sleep and get some rest. And if you feel burnt out all the time, it can also be what you're eating, right? Your diet. So just trying to make sure that you're eating well. You're getting the right nutrients, the right fiber that your body needs to really give you that energy boost that's required. Exercising also really helps with energy boosts. So getting your exercise in. But then, you know, there's also that other step of, you know, whether it's hanging out with family, with friends, into the spa, treat yourself, do something you've always liked. That's also great. And so when I think about self-care to that, for me, it's also like, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I get really excited about just taking, taking care of my skin. Like I keep, this is so funny, but I keep saying to people for the past, I think a year and a half, I can't remember the last time I've, I felt the need to just wear makeup. Unless it's a very serious occasion and you're like, hey, I really want to dress up. I wear it. Not that there's anything against makeup. I love makeup and, you know, I would wear it. But I think for me, just getting to the point where I just feel like, okay, my skin is popping. Like, you know, just waking up in the morning and doing skincare and doing my routine and seeing the results. I know that I'm taking healthy care of myself. That's also self-care, right? 
you know, our skin is our biggest organ. So we really need to be able to take care of your organ, take care of your skin, know the right information and the right products to use. And when you start seeing the reward and you're seeing the glow and you're excited and it's just like, yeah, this is my face. Like, as you see, it is as it gets it, <laughs> you know, and you're just happy to just, you know, be yourself. For me, I really see that as self-care. So when I start, you know, thinking about those different steps that I take to so self-care, it doesn't mean that I go to bed at nine o'clock every day. But there's some days I go to bed at 4 a.m. I won't like when work needs to be done, some things just need to happen, but I'm very conscious about it. You know, really taking that time out for myself. I need to go to bed early. I do go to bed early. When I start feeling like I'm getting drained, I'm like, my body is telling me, so you need to take care of yourself. And so it's so important that I listen and I take time out. Okay. Well, now that's a good way to tell us more about your skincare company. Tell us about <laughs> how the product you have and how we can reach you. Well, I've just plugged, I've plugged it in there. <laughs> I, I noticed, I noticed. Uncover is a very interesting brand. It's bold, it's fun, it's interesting. We have, we're a VC bad startup where we really want to put Africa as a priority and not an afterthought. The reason we say that there are a lot of products out there that are international brands, they're just on the shelves. They're really not tailoring products for, for us, right? To address our skin concerns. It's just, oh, we have this brand. It's doing well in Europe, in America. Where's the next market? Let's go to Africa. They dump it in and people get excited about it. I think for us, it's saying, how do we then, we, we are here on the continent. How do we make products that really tailors our skincare concerns, hyperpigmentation, acne, eczema, dry, like, you know, really make products that's right for what we need and to address our skin concerns. And so that's what we're doing as Uncover, right? One, building a community of women to really come together and see women, you know, real women's stories and to use these women, you know, on the continent to help address their, their needs. We're formulating products with experts, you know, backed by science to really formulate products that will address our skincare needs. So we do a lot of, you know, focus group testing, where before we lock our formulation, we're testing it on our actual target audience, right? And you and I, we're testing it on the continent, make sure that in terms of efficacy in the packaging, in terms of branding. So when we launch a product, we know that it's actually working and it's addressing the concerns that you have. So that's what we're doing as at Uncover. Our website is uncoverskincare.co. You can follow us, check us out on Instagram at uncoverskincareco. Thank you so much for sharing. And I'll definitely put the information once this episode is out. But one thing that you mentioned, which I thought was such a good point, was sometimes this skincare brand, Africa is more like an afterthought. Because I remember with my first son, he had eczema. Like, and I was trying everything. I don't know what, tried changing my diet, changing his diet, but he was having really dry, itchy skin. And then I remember going to the GP then, we're still in the UK then, and I went to the GP and they gave us all these creams and none of it was working. And they're like, we okay. need to start using steroids. And I just didn't feel right. Like, Why should I be using steroids for a child? Yes. And then my husband made a comment saying, oh, this product that they're giving you, they don't have African skin in mind. He actually made exactly. it with me. And <laughs> as soon as you said what you said, I was thinking that is so true. Because in all of this brand, Africa is more like an afterthought in terms of Inside, which is significantly yeah. different from, from the exactly. skin of those that were involved in the testing process. So 
This is amazing, and and thank you for sharing. And I'll definitely put the link on the, the information. So, Jade, I wanted to ask one more question. What piece of advice would you give a mom that is uh, taking some time out, has left the workspace, and is looking to get back into the corporate world, or a mom that wants to start her own company? I'm very passionate about this group because I feel sometimes when moms take time out to stay with their kids or have kids, the world can be a very harsh place and a struggle to kind of get back into the groove of things. So do you have any piece of advice for a mom that in that space that's looking to start something and just to advise them on how to go about doing it? Sure. I think for me, key things, I haven't really been in that space, but what I will say is if you've been, if you've sort of been out of work and either you want to go back into the system or you want to start your own thing, you know, raising kids, if you decide to leave work to raise kids, it's a skill. It's a, it's a huge skill. Like put it on your CV. I think it's just so important that we see it as, you know, it's not just, it's not bumming around at home. It's a lot of work, you know, to raise kids. And I think, you know, you build a lot of tenacity, a lot of, you know, drive, you're building, like you're really building skills, multitasking, like everything without supervision. I think it's such a big deal. Organization is to be top notch and all of that. So I think it's super important that we start seeing it as, you know, whether we're deciding to stay at home to raise kids, that it didn't, it doesn't mean that we've gone 10 steps back, you know, while doing that, we're still building skills. Like nobody knows how to be a mom until you are in it. So, you know, whatever you're learning and, you know, you're, you're, you're being brave and you're doing something amazing. Whether you took time out for self-care, for mental health, I think it also just really shows that you've taken time out to rejuvenate and you're coming back, you're ready to come back and give 100% to the work or to the company. Like also put that, I don't think people should be, you know, scared to put it on their CV and say, I took time out. I think it's important, especially in this day and age, to take time out for yourself, you know, whether it's mental health, self-care, whatever it is. I said that now I know myself, now I'm, I feel much better. And now I'm, you know, rejuvenated. I can come back and give 100% to the workforce, right? If you're looking to start something, whether you want to be a CEO, you want to start your own company, one, your kids will be fine. <laughs> so I think, you know, there's also that headache, oh my God, I'm going to leave my kids and start focusing. Kids will be fine, right? I think make sure it's important to have a good support system. I found that something that's really helps me, but really be intentional about planning your time, right? So be intentional about let your staff, your colleagues, anybody know your family, woman, you've got kids, so be intentional about how you spend and how you balance that between, you know, your kids and work. If you have to bring kids to work, bring kids to work. <laughs> if you have to go home early, if you have to block time out in your calendar to spend time with kids, do it. I think it is so important. And really just don't be too hard on yourself. You know, sometimes it's okay to also put ourselves first, like I said before. So put yourself first. Don't be too hard on yourself. Your kids will be fine, to be honest. Just make sure you have out time and be very intentional about how you divide yourself between kids and, and work. And again, progress over perfection. Important. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna think that on my I'm gonna put a saver. It's I thought an amazing <laughs> quote, progress over yes. perfection. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing that. 
So we normally conclude our podcast with three sentences, which we want you to complete. The first Fair. one is, being a mom has, being a mom has done what for you? I think being a mom has its ups and downs, but it's completely changed my worldview. Obviously, it has its ups and downs. I wouldn't lie. Like, you know, there are days where you just feel like, oh, my God, I'm a mom and these kids look up to me. And when they're happy, I'm happy, you know, kind of thing. But it also has its down moment. Like some examples I've shared earlier, I've just feeling like you're letting them down. Or are you doing enough? Or are you training them properly? What are they going to do when they grow up? Are you giving them the right environment? There's all that, you know, all those questions that kind of come up. But it's changed my worldview. Like now when I things when I think about everything is like oh my god like we can't just up and do something you have to think about your kids involved right you can't just decide to think I can change your location and everything has to be about just the right school and you know so decisions about that when you start thinking about the future and the next generation you pay a bit more attention to it because you know you're building it for your kids or is the environment is for your kids. And so you start paying a bit more attention to things before you just work like, I'm just coasting and doing what I love. So for me, I feel like that's how you know, it has its highs and lows, but it's also, you know, really changed the way I see the world now. I feel the happiest when I, when are you the happiest daddy? It sounds so cliche, but when I see my family happy, like, I just feel like there's something about knowing that your family is happy, your kids are happy, your husband is happy. Like we just have a happy home. Listen to everything else you do. You're just such in a good mood. You wake up the day and you're just like so happy. Third question is, if you could tell five-year-old daddy something, what would you tell her? I would tell her to play. That's <laughs> five years old. Play, learn, and continue to take siesta. I swear, like right now, I wish I could take time out in the middle of the afternoon to nap. And sleep. I know when we were younger, we hated when they said go to bed, go have a nap. We hated it. But like, I would tell my five year old, like, five, play, learn, and sleep. Like, enjoy your nap time. I think it's just really important that we don't put too much pressure on our young selves. I think about my five year old son, like, like, just say, learn what you need to learn. And like when you're older, you're going to regret not having enough sleep. <laughs> oh, Daddy, thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences with us. Thank you for telling us about your journey. Thank you for sharing openly with a lot of energy. I must say, <laughs> thank you for everything. And we really appreciate you on moving and driving and just sharing your truth with us. Thank you so much. Sorry for having me, for asking me to be on here. It's been amazing. I've really, really enjoyed the conversations and your previous conversations are amazing. I think this is such an important platform for women to be able to come and just open and talk freely because we all need to hear these things and we all need to hear real life examples, experiences, really help the rest of us as well. So kudos to you. Well done. It's such an amazing initiative. Thank you. If you liked today's episode, please show us some love by sharing, leaving a comment or a review on our various platforms. It will mean so much to us. Till next week, keep thriving, mummies.